I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. listening to Wine, Dine, and 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I'm your host, Rachel Dalton, loving the spring weather that we are having up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, And, you know, I didn't intend for there to be a segue into kind of what I was going to talk about, but I kind of want to talk about not the weather, but just spring and nature and hopefulness and all of those things that go along with it. Uh, So let's get into that. Spring has always been my favorite season. I just find it to be so hopeful and, you know, having the light and the sun and um, the longer days. I don't know. It it's my favorite time of year, even though my allergies are like fucking insane during the springtime. I swear I have gone through the last two years not getting sick at all because I've been, you know, so some people would say crazy. I say careful. (laughs) Um, but I haven't gotten sick at all. And then my allergies come and like fucking bulldoze me over. It's, it's insane. Um, anyway, nature, the weather. A few months ago, I was in New York with my brother and he and I were discussing, um, a New York times article about all walks. And I've kind of been trying to incorporate that into my life a little bit more. All walks are this, I'll link the article in the episode notes, all walks are going for a walk and trying to look at things with a fresh perspective and um, doing that makes you feel a little more hopeful or like you have a little bit more of understanding of the world around you. And uh, it kind of goes along with, you know, something that I saw on social media a few weeks ago about finding the glimmers in your everyday life. You know, we hear a lot about triggers, but the opposite of that is a glimmer. Um, What are those things that bring you like joy in the deepest part of your heart? What are the things that make you feel connected to the world around you? The things that make you feel intense joy? Um, And I'm finding that you know, all walks, or I guess in my case, it's all drives. You know, I've been driving with my sunroof down and taking long routes home through winding roads. And um, it's been so good for my mental health. Um, I've been really, really happy. And finding those glimmers has been easier, um, much easier. So let me know, like, what your all walks are like. What are your glimmers? I, I would love to know you know, the different things that bring you joy in your day-to-day life and how uh, the weather change, how the season change, and how just being able to be outside has affected that. So yeah, uh, let me know. On that same note, you know, um, I don't know if anybody has tried randonauting before. It's this app and you set an intention and uh, then the app spits out 
some random coordinates. You go there and you just kind of explore and it's supposed to somehow relate to your intention. I did it once a couple of years ago um, when I was visiting with my parents down in Virginia. We all kind of met down there to have a little bit of a vacation away from the pandemic and everything. Um, and it was such a cool experience then. And so a friend and I decided to try it this past weekend. We set in the intention of understanding. And um, <laughs> it sent us to Valley Forge. And uh, for those who uh, don't know, you know, American history very well, Valley Forge is a battlefield. Um <laughs> It was really beautiful. You know, the sun was beginning to set. There were all these winding roads and it was like open fields with like little pockets of woods and like little old log cabins and whatever. It was a really cool experience, but we were both puzzled, you know, at we put in understanding and it brings us to a site of death where people, my friend, she said, it's a mass grave. And we were both like, what? I was a little freaked out. But the more I thought about it, I don't know, the more it made sense that the overall lesson here, the thing that we needed to understand, we are both very anxious people who get into our heads a lot. And uh, the thing that we needed to understand was that life is really short and there are some things that just don't matter as much as we think that they do. Um, and yeah, I think we both, I don't know, have come back into our week with a little bit more of a fresh perspective on that. It was really beautiful. You know, we, we walked around, we looked at some of the like historical markers, read about the different sites, um, and watched the sunset. And it was really a beautiful experience that again, reminded reminded us um, to look at things with a new perspective and made us feel really hopeful. So spring has been obviously very transformative for me personally this year. Uh, if it has been for you too, let me know. Um, I would love to know. The last thing I wanted to cover is, I mean, all these topics relate to each other beautifully. I mean, I couldn't have planned it better myself. Uh, I posted about this on TikTok and on Instagram, when I had this realization last week, I was driving on one of my awe drives and this thought occurred to me, this quote, and it is this, true self-love is prioritizing what your soul needs over what your ego wants. And... For some reason, that particular phrasing clicked with me. It it made me start to be kinder to myself and, and see things from a different perspective. Um, and really, my self-love game has been so strong lately. It really has been. So self-love, you know, is often something that I talk about on here because it's paramount to all of the other relationships that you have in your life. Um, but I think that it can be difficult a lot of the time because you're also your own worst critic. So I've often, you know, I'm really good at self-care. <laughs> 
and the massages and the face masks and, you know, the power naps and the masturbating, all of those, you know, self-indulgent things. But, you know, when it comes down to really doing the work, I resist it. I, I do it, of course, but I resist it. Um, and lately I've been seeing the beauty in doing the hard and the difficult work. Um, so I don't know. I think that's pretty fucking cool. I've been, I've been happy. I've been really happy taking it all in and, and looking at things with a new gaze, I guess. And spring has been really great for that. So Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, let me know what the glimmers and the transformative experiences that spring has brought you have been in your life at winedineallportsopen.com. Um, so yeah, now, after all of that, we're going to talk about sex. I'm so excited. Um, this interview came at the exact perfect time. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to Jeff Abraham. He is the CEO of Promescent, which is a sexual wellness company. And I loved talking to Jeff. We have so much fun in this conversation. We talk about um, the different products. We talk about sex education. We talk about uh, understanding your partner. It's it's a hoot. We had we had so much fun, and I hope that you enjoy it too. Um, So yeah, I guess without further ado, I'm going to cut to a quick commercial break and then we're going to get into the interview. Uh, I hope you enjoy Jeff as much as I did. Uh, He's a really cool guy and um, yeah, I think you're going to learn some really cool things in this one. So with all of that being said, (laughs) please enjoy my conversation with Jeff. Ah! Ah! What is it, honey? It's that darn ghost again. He just won't leave us alone. I guess we're just going to have to move. No, wait. Don't worry. We're not moving. He is. Who are you going to call? Blockbusters. Actually, we know nothing about catching ghosts other than what we saw in that old cartoon. But if you want a podcast where we talk about film, TV, random tangents that leave you wondering what the hell was that all about, and the occasional nugget of wisdom, then we're the ones for you. And if you act now, you can listen to our entire back catalogue for free. Did you say free? Yes, I did. So go now to your nearest podcatching device, shake off the ectoplasm, and download us today. Warning, listening to playbusters can lead to stomach cramps from laughing, headaches from attempting to remember what tangent they went on this time, and a worn-out section of your device's screen slash keyboard as you smash the replay button over and over until the next episode arrives. It's your playbusters episode last longer than four hours. Tell your doctor so he can listen as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wine Dine 69. I'm here. Uh, I was panicking for a second because we were having some, some technical difficulties. Well, I was having some technical difficulties. But I'm super excited to be here with my guest today, uh, Jeff Abraham of Promescent. Uh, Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm in sunny Summerlin, Nevada, 71 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. Oh, wow. That sounds great. That is not, that's not where I am. (laughs) At least, you know, at least I'm not, my home is in Michigan. That's where I'm from originally. And it's much colder there than it is in in Pennsylvania. So, yes. Um, But yeah, super excited to talk to you. Um, Was super excited to get samples of the things that, uh, you know, you, create the, the brand that you have. So um, let's kind of start with you just kind of telling me a little bit about you, about who you are and uh, what you do. 
I uh, am someone who was born and raised back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, made mm. a cross-country trek to Southern California at age 24, and got a job in the semiconductor industry. Semiconductors are integrated circuits, computer chips. They used to refer to them as computer chips, chips, but now they're in cell phones, cars, they're in absolutely everything, microwaves, television, so they went to integrated circuits. I worked in the uh, integrated circuit business for about 10 years and then founded my own corporation. It was a uh, placement firm, both for temporary and permanent employees in semiconductor manufacturing. Very fortunate, right place, right time, and was able to retire early at 53 back in uh, 2011. Oh, the dream. Yeah, it was everybody's <laughs> dream. Uh, my next door neighbor also happened to be my friend and my doctor. He was a urologist. And one day I went in to see him for my yearly PSA. He said, hey, I developed this product. I think it's a great product, but it's not moving like I think it should. I really respect you as a business person. Can you give me your opinion? I said, yeah. Ooh, okay. Turns out the product was our original product, which was promescent delay spray. Okay. And, you know, he was very high on it and I knew he was a straight shooter and I started asking him questions and it sounded like a very legitimate product. So I asked him for a sample and I took it home and tried it out and went, Oh my God, this actually works. Uh, so one thing led to another, I invested in the company. I was bored cause I had retired and I was a single dad and my son had left for college. So, you know, I was really in the mode of, looking for something to do at least part-time. Sure. So I wrote him a business plan and the business plan was very sound and it worked and the company started to grow and they said, can you write us a next phase business plan? I said, sure. So I did. They said, well, it's going to take a lot more capital. I said, I'll invest another 400 grand, but you have to do exactly what I tell you to do. Yeah. They did. The company really grew. They asked me to take over. And in 2012, I took over the company. And That's incredible. Yeah. It's, Bizarre considering, you know, I had no medical background, no background in sexual wellness, you know, going from semiconductor engineering CEO to CEO of a sexual wellness company is quite the circuitous route, but it's turned out really well. We have thrived. We've done extremely well. We've added a number of products in the last couple of years. Each and every one has taken off because we have a mantra that we do not deviate from. We will not introduce a product unless what we have is as good, if not better, than everything else in that space. So people now look at us as a brand of sexual wellness and they come and get all their products. Mm -hmm. So we've been very, very fortunate in that regard. And we're growing, we're profitable. It's just been a real, it's just been a really gratifying, rewarding uh, journey. No, absolutely. And you know what the coolest thing is, is, I was in Target the other day <laughs> and I like about had a conniption in the middle of the aisle because I was like, holy shit, like I'm going to talk to that guy. <laughs> it was we're a very exciting Target. moment for me. We're now in selective Walmarts, we're in GNC, we're, on Am we're everywhere and we're succeeding everywhere we're at because the product works. It yeah. really is a very solid, very good product and you know... When you go to our website, I took criticism early on because everybody has the same methodology. You put a bunch of stuff on the shelf, you do all kind of advertising, and you drive people to retail, and they buy it. What I decided mm -hmm. to do was something a little bit different, which was make our website very educational. Make our website something to where people came and they learned. 
And the reason it was important for me to do that was because we feel the most important thing for us is to make sure you're buying the right product for the right reason. Yes. And just as importantly, make sure you're using it correctly so that you get the best result. Well, what I thought was really cool is when I was on your site, there's a quiz, you know, yes. that you, you take, you, it asks you questions and you say, you know, th- these are the things that my partner and I are struggling with. These are the things, you know, and it just it asks great questions, you know, about, uh, like how, if you are using lubricant, if, you know, things are drier than they should be, uh, if things are as hard as, you know, you might want them to be, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Like there's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, great questions. And what I'm really excited to talk to you about, I mean, many things that I'm excited to talk to you about is just about um, uh, the, the male experience and a lot of the, you know, we hear a lot about how, how women deal with sex and the different you know pains that we might have in in the bedroom but we don't hear as much about about the men's emotional experience we might hear about like the men's physical experience but that translates to emotional experience too and i'm I'm really interested to get your brain about that even as a man that emotions aren't part of sex you're either in denial or you're lying okay Mm -hmm. it's sex in our country in our society in general is something that is so tied up in both the psychological and physical aspects of it that you can't separate one without the other. It's a total experience. Part of it is there's so much porn now and a lot of, I'm glad that I'm 64 and I was born before there were cell phones and internet. So I got to have sex and be initiated into sex without ever having watched porn. Right. Yeah. Right now that if I was having my sexual awakening right now at 14 or 15, whatever I was at the time, and I already seen porn and everything else. I'd be the biggest giant ball of nerves ever created because I would think that every male had a 10 inch penis. that was the circumference of a beer can that they were, you know, able to thrust for 45 minutes. And <laughs> when they were about ready to finish, they jumped off, ran across the room and shot their partner in the forehead with deadly accuracy. You know, that sounds I, like a nightmares that I have actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like the opposite of, of what I want. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, and that's that's completely true. I mean, it, it would it, it has a mental impact um, yeah. on on the way that people grow up sexually. And I think there's always, in addition to that, with porn, there's this idea that there's there's always more, right? Like, how can we get more taboo? And you know, that's of course one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was sex as a taboo. But I guess you know, in relation to porn, there's almost this like, how do we get more taboo? It's always how do we push the limits more? You know? Yeah. I have to admit, for a guy who runs a sexual wellness company, I'm pretty mainstream, you know? And part of the reason is oral sex, you know, uh, regular penetrative uh, intercourse, those kind of things have always worked for me, you know? When I see people dragging Shetland ponies up to the roof, you know what I mean? And (laughs) all these other things, and, you know, I'm like... I've never really felt the need to go there because regular orgasms and stuff like that just seem to work really well for me, you know? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe I just haven't had enough sex yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm bored with it. Uh, it's still working very well, and I'm still very happy with traditional sexual roles. Now, that being said, we don't judge anyone. Of course. Everyone of course. is free to experience whatever fantasy that you know, turns them on. But for me, you know, mainstream, normal sexual activity is something that I desire and something that really is satisfying to me. 
Yeah, it gets the job done at the end of the day. Yeah, it really and truly does. I've always told people some cases when people are really looking outside the bounds, maybe it's because they haven't fully optimized the sex they're having within the bounds. Mm. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we're totally open. I do a lot of swinger podcasts and a lot of non-monogamy podcasts, and I don't judge anyone if it's have at it yeah go nuts have have a safe word have um have consent you got the yes. yes an enthusiastic yes then like yeah go nuts i think one of the reasons that you know i've never gotten into the lifestyle myself is i've never been married okay. so i've never felt the constraints of when you're in a bad relationship go well i gotta ride this out and you know i have to live with this because it's too painful to get divorced. So having never been married and being 64 years old and the majority of my relationships last about three years, mm. I've had a number of partners. I've experienced a lot of different things and I've never felt the drudgery of going, Oh my God, I got to sleep with this person again, you know, like <laughs> three thousandths time, you know, I applaud people that can stay happily married for 40 years to the same person and be totally monogamous. I don't understand how they do it, but I certainly applaud them. Yeah. That being said, now being 64, if I find the person of my dreams, I would not hesitate to be, you know, married and live monogamous sure. for the rest of my life. Because I feel like I've had a rich, full life and I've had a chance to experience many different things. But people that get married at 22 and stay completely true blue like 50, 60 years later, I'm like, how would you not just resent the way a person combs their hair, the way they breathe? You know, I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, when they say familiar familiarity breeds contempt, breeds contempt they say yep. for a reason. It does. <laughs> yep. No, that's very true. That's very true. And uh, yeah, you know, I um, I've I I used to think so. I'm I'm almost 32. Yeah. And uh, my, I used to think when I was a teenager, I'd be like, I want to be a young mom. I want to get married at 21 and get pregnant by 25 and like have all my babies before the age of 30. And like, now I'm just like, Jesus, like Christ, what the fuck was I thinking? That oh my sounds God. You were awful. starting a family before you even knew who you were, let alone who you Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, hey, there are lots of people who, you know, uh, I, I know that I dated a guy who I think he eventually ended up getting married very, very young for religious reasons and, uh, you know, more more power to. We need to keep religion out of sex. It's very. I mean, very ed. I know people that got married to have sex. Yep. How yeah. could there be anything more illogical than that? Uh, yeah, I mean. I have no idea. I, th I think it's ridiculous. But. It's ridiculous. And the thing is, how do you literally at 22 or 24 years old say I do? And, you know, if you really are taking your vows seriously, go till death do us part. Because I know how much I've changed between the age of 25 and now. Mm -hmm. And it is literally insane. When I was 25 years old, I drank like a fish. I partied my ass off. You know, I was a wild man. And in my 30s, I matured, became a father. You know, I don't drink now, not because of, I've ever had addiction issues. I have diabetes runs in my family. I have mm -hmm. diabetes. So I made sure that I, you know, was on this strict diet. But I invest. I exercise every day. You know, my only exercise before was running into a happy hour, you know. Now, <laughs> I mean, I ride my bike 200 miles a week outdoors. I take 
hot yoga. I do Pilates, you know, I lift weights. It's like anyone who would have found me remotely attracted then would have said, I love you. You're the wild child. Now they go, you're so freaking boring. You know, I mean, like, you know, it's, I've just changed in so many ways. So for me, getting married before I was 30, 32, 35, if that person didn't change in exactly the same way that I changed, we would have been totally incompatible. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. I've actually always viewed marriage as um, this idea that you're, you're understanding that you're both going to change and marriage is a promise that you're going to do your absolute best to try to communicate as you change separately, to try to be compatible as you change together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I'm proud of this in my entire life. I'm 64, even though I've never been married, I've never cheated on anyone. Anytime I've been in a committed relationship, it's been a committed relationship. And if it doesn't work out, I don't cheat on someone, break up and go find a new significant other. Right. Very few of my friends, if any, have literally been married their entire lives and not had instances where they strayed. And they laugh at me, oh, you're commitment phobic. I look at them and go, listen, I could be a hypocrite like you or I could be like me and be real. Uh, I think I'll take being real. Interesting. That's an interesting viewpoint. Okay. Very interesting. I guess I I want to kind of circle back to the religion and, and sex thing because this kind of comes back to this topic of the taboo of sex and let's talk sex ed. Sex ed in schools and sex ed, I mean, my sex ed was more or less a joke. I mean, when they discussed the topic of rape, they said, don't rape because if you do, here's the here are the penalties that you'll face. It wasn't yeah. don't rape because consent is important. Don't rape because, you know, people are human beings. It was don't rape because this is what will happen if you do. Oh, my God. Because there'd be anything more destructive than that. Jesus. Right. <laughs> yeah. that's. Hey. I remember uh, my sex ed class when I was in high school, they separated the boys and girls. Oh, that's a big mistake. <laughs> made no sense to me because I go, if I have sex, it's going to be with a woman, you know, and shouldn't we both be learning this together? And I remember our teacher, and his name was Mr. Kohansky, when I was in, I think, seventh grade, literally took some Christmas lights and he took the plug and then he took the receptacle part and went, this is the man and this is the woman. Oh, 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 no. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I was like sitting there going, what? Like, really? Oh, that... <sighs> You know, that reminds me, my, um, one of my close friends, he went to Catholic school Yeah. and his experience of, uh, sex ed was basically they had a chalkboard and they had, you know, one of those like pointer things that yeah they used to have. And there was like a, a flint or something in it. So there was a hole in the chalkboard and they stuck the no. like, po- yep. They stuck the pointer in the, in the hole in the chalkboard and they said, See, this is what happens when when God's not present. But then what they did is they they moved the um the the pointer, I guess. I don't know what it's actually called. And you know, because there was a flint, it actually sparked and they said when you're married and you have sex and God is present, there's a spark. Well, I've never been married and I know a lot of times <laughs> I hear the word God thrown around like, oh, God, you know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe it's her calling out to him. You know what I mean? He's not in the room, you know, just checking. Oh, God. Okay, good. He's not here. You know, you know, 
I have to laugh at the Catholic Church because I'm not politically correct. I don't give a shit. I tell the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. I love them pontificating about sex and what's right and what's wrong. Hey, how about stop fondling altar boys, okay? Before you become the moral authority and start rhapsodizing about sex, why don't you clean your own house, okay? Why don't you take a look at your own clergy and every time somebody gets caught fondling an altar boy, not transfer them to a different parish and yep. expel them, you know? Yep, you're not saying anything that I that I haven't. I um completely agree. It's yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty nuts. And I mean, there's there's a lot of like, you know, good good people who are oh absolutely but i'll tell you what if i'm a good person and i'm part of a religion and they're not hypocritical i do one of two things Mm -hmm. either make them face facts and clean it up or exit okay you can't just be selective and go i mean it's insane when you look at the amount of the abuse and how it was handled and the cover-up if that was anything other than a church every one of those people would be in prison and the the keys would be thrown away but Can you imagine if that would have been the Campfire Girls or Boy Scouts or whatever, or AYSO soccer? For some reason, people are afraid to touch religion. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we can't go there. Why? Even though one of the primary of the tenets of this country is separation of church and state. Exactly. (laughs) How many times? Remember when Mitt Romney ran for president? Oh, my God, we can't elect a Mormon. I'm like, excuse me, church and state separation? Uh, What part of that am I not understanding? Yeah. And no one has ever been elected president of this country who didn't claim that they weren't a practicing whatever, yep. Protestant, mm-hmm. Catholic, whatever. Yeah, Kennedy was the first Catholic, I think, right? Yes, he was. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would love it if someone ran for president and won and said, I am non-religious. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, no, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be awesome. Yeah, we have a, there's a, um, definitely a built-in expectation there yeah. which is well you know they all pose with their bible on the mm-hmm. on the stairs of the church nothing could be funnier than freaking clinton doing that that's <laughs> what he did and then that ass white trump standing <laughs> the church with an upside down bible if there's anyone who is the antithesis of religion it's that heathen you know i feel like you and my dad would be really good friends <laughs> <laughs> my dad has said almost the exact same thing for verbatim so yeah that's just it doesn't make it 100 percent gospel it's my opinion but i'm pretty worldly and i've been around you know and i call bullshit when i see it yeah no totally i get it i completely get it and uh, i think that's been like the big thing in sex ed is there's like this like fear of what I would really like to have heard in sex ed is an emphasis on pleasure, right? Like, I mean, you don't need to focus on that, right? Like, I get it. So the only way to make sure that you don't get pregnant, true, it's abstinence. That's the only 100% full no, effect. The only life. way to make sure you don't get pregnant is birth control. Because <laughs> let me tell you what happens with people, and this is a proven fact. When they preach abstinence, a lot of teens start having anal sex, you know yep. what I mean? And yep. other stuff going, okay, well... That's ridiculous, okay? It's still sex. It is still sex. And oral sex is still sex. That's exactly. Oral sex, according to Clinton, it wasn't, but it is. (laughs) You know, the thing that I have to laugh is anytime you make something the forbidden fruit or you literally kind of romanticize it by going, oh, my God, don't go there, people are more curious to go there. What you need to do 
is have a realistic, frank talk and explain to people that you're going to have natural urges. Mm-hmm. You know, when people reach their 16, 17, 18 years, sometimes earlier, definitely your hormones start raging. <laughs> the idea of abstinence is absolutely laughable. Oh, it's asinine. And by, pre- you know, preaching abstinence, here's what happens. A guy and a girl start dating. They've been dating and they go, oh, my God, if we go get birth control, that means that we're planning this. And that means yeah. that we're sitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it just happens in the spur of the moment, then that means, oh, it just happened. And it's, you know, it wasn't pre-planned. We don't feel as guilty. But then you're not prepared for disease control. You're not prepared for pregnancy prevention and everything else. Why don't we realistically say yeah. sex is a normal part of life. Yep. When mm-hmm. you get into a relationship, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. Number one, to make it pleasurable. Number two, to be safe. Absolutely. Yeah. I never thought about the fact that like people might assume that if you get birth control, then like, oh, it's pre-planned or or whatever. That's actually a really good point. No, it is. I I read a study one time that a lot of teenage pregnancies come about because they thought if they went and got birth control that they would be, you know, sitting because they were planning on having sex. You know, I'm far from 18. I'm 64 now. But I remember between the ages of 15 and probably 30, if I was in a position of making out with someone, one way or another, we're having sex, okay? (laughs) It's like, at a certain point, you're like, the drive is so strong, you know what I mean? That you're not going to be thinking, no, I guess we better not. Yeah, yeah. I think under most, in in most cases, that's true. And as long as your partner is consenting, Exactly. Yeah. Then you're good to go. And you're not going to go, well, you're going to hopefully go, well, I'll pull out knowing that, first of all, that's not a fail safe. And second of all, a lot of people that are younger don't have the ejaculatory control of someone who's had sex for a yep. number of years and is yep. older. And the chance of successfully pulling out are not as great. Yep. No, totally. And I think that's like such a interesting point too. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with friends of mine and, you know, they'll tell me that they hooked up with somebody or whatever. And, you know, I'll, I'll know that they're on birth control, but I'll ask, you know, did you use protection? And they're like, well, I'm on birth control. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like for women, there's such, or people who have like uteruses, there's such a focus on pregnancy. Yeah. Which like, there are other things that can happen. There are other things that are a lot more deadly. There are things that you can get and you'll never get rid of. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like, I don't understand why there's such a focus on like pregnancy as the thing to worry about when there's so many other things out there. But um, me, I'm at an age right now where I don't have sexual relations. I don't have intimacy with someone I don't know. And if I get into a committed relationship, I make sure we're both tested because at my age, you know, I've, you know, had a vasectomy. So I don't need to use birth control because I can't get someone pregnant. And I like oral sex and I like the full gamut Mm -hmm. of all the smorgasbord that's available sexually. And I find it extremely difficult to wear condoms, you know? So my way around that is to make sure I get into a committed relationship that we both are comfortable, it's exclusive, Yep. We both are completely tested and we can literally feel like, okay, we don't need to yeah. do that. But that's the mature way to do it. It is. It is. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I've always been, even, you know, before I was having sex, I was like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, to me, there's nothing in the world worth getting a disease you can't get rid of, and it's going to be like a scarlet letter to the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, no. and I don't want to be parts of abortions when I was younger. That's why I was careful. You mm. know, I believe there's a time and place and the idea of repealing Roe versus Wade is asinine to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a woman's right. By the same token, I think you should do everything possible to make it a moot point because you're sure. not getting pregnant. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a first line of birth control. It should never be a first line of birth mm-hmm. control. Yep. But part of the problem is you have the same people that are anti-abortion. They're the same jackasses that don't want condoms made readily available. I know. You know, they don't want sex education. It's like, wait a second. You're part of the problem is why there's so many unwanted pregnancies. Now you're saying you have to bring them to term. You have to, you know, have. But then as soon as, as soon as they're born, they don't give a shit anymore. No, then as soon as they're born, they're like, we don't want any kind of funding for unwed mothers. We don't want any child. It's like that group to me is so hypocritical and so backward ass. They're disgusting. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get any, uh, I'm not going to defend that. So. <laughs> you can't defend the indefensible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a lack of logic at a certain point. It's absolutely, right? it's, so. it's hypocritical and it does. It just defies logic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I guess like that's been like such a big thing too. Like this, this breach of religion and sex and how there's this idea that it should be controlled when in reality the best way to make sure that people aren't having like, okay. So like, for example, right. Me, take me for example. I started masturbating really early. Like I was like three years old. I was really, really little. Wow. And, that is pretty early. Yeah. I mean, especially for like a girl. Right. So yeah. I called it uh pushing my button. I don't know if listeners know this or not, but this is fun, fun facts about me. I've heard um, that flicking the bean, flicking. Yeah. Flicking. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, there's different. Now, I was were like, you able to have an orgasm or you just knew it felt good. I was able to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was like a, like certain amount of pressure. And then like, it's like kind of like waterfall feeling, I guess is all that I can describe it as. And I, I started doing it really early and um, because I did it so early, you know, that's actually a, a indicator that you've been abused if you do that. Yes. So, you know, I had to go to like a psychiatrist and all of that stuff. And, you know, as far as I know, I'm in the clear. Uh, they didn't find anything, you know, yeah. suspect. I just I just am who I am. No, you found something <laughs> that was pleasurable made by accident. Exactly. That's why if I was a woman incapable of having multiple, multiple orgasms, I don't think I'd even ever get dressed in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I would just sit around and masturbate and have my partner as many times as he was up for it during the day. You know, I'd be dangerous. I don't yeah, want to say I, when I turned 13 or 14 that, you know, I masturbated a lot, but my nickname was the Palm Pilot. They didn't have electric. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, but that's, I guess that's what I mean is that, so I, my parents were really good at, okay, Rachel, like, you know, this is something that is completely okay to do. It's completely normal to do. Um, you know, we don't do it in public because that was my issue is I just was anywhere and everywhere. It's conversation with my teachers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like, I'm also obsessive compulsive. Yeah. So my compulsion, like, 
oh god i don't know if i've ever shared this on the podcast people who know me know, know it though like however old i was that's how many times i had to do it a day wow i'm so or can you imagine <laughs> So, you know, I, I ended up getting medicated um, for it at a certain point. But yeah, I mean, when I was when I was like nine years educated, old, yeah. I think you should have been celebrated. I think you should have <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I, I think that's the best story that I can come up with. with that is hilarious. Why well, I am you know, who I am. <laughs> Tiger Woods was good at, wall, at golf. They put him on the Mike Douglas show when he was four. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I guess my point is like my parents, like, you know, were we're really chill about it. And that's so awesome. My parents would have had me locked in a psycho ward. No, my parent, my parents were like, you know what? Like, we're really glad that you were able to, I mean, I think my dad was probably freaked out by it because I was his first child and I'm a daughter and he yeah. ha- grew up with brothers. Like, you know, he just was like, I don't know how to deal with it. Anyway, why couldn't I had another son? <laughs> But, uh, you know, my mom was pretty, was, was very chill about it. And, you know, she told me about sex when I was, I think eight or nine. And, and I remember her telling me, you know, I would prefer that you waited till marriage, but if you, you know, find yourself in a position where you feel like that's not going to happen, I would like it if you would come to me and we can talk about how you can do it safely. Yeah. And I just remember being like, why the fuck would I want somebody to like shove something inside of me? That sounds awful. Yeah. And I was like, why would anybody? Solo right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, why would anybody want that? And my mom was like, I I remember very distinctly, I was eight years old. And my mom was like, it feels like pushing your button. And I went, definitely not waiting till marriage. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I did wait. Until I was almost 20 years old. No way. Yeah. Because I knew that I was going to have such a, and I probably like, I don't know, like could even wait longer. I knew I was going to have such a strong sex drive and that I was going to be potentially out of control. And I also just like was very mistrusting of men in all honesty. And I just was very, I waited. And so because my parents educated me that way, I actually waited longer than most of my peers. Yeah, you didn't have differently. fruit. Oh my God, don't do this under any circumstances. Exactly. It made you even that much more curious. Uh huh. Yeah. I so I waited. When I was Fifteen. I worked at a country club as a uh, busboy. My mom worked as a waitress, and for some reason, some twenty-one-year-old waitress took a fancy to me and decided she was going to break me in sexually. Uh, and, yes, uh, those. <laughs> I want to thank her to this day. Uh, but we ended up getting busted because at first we'd go in her car and would drive three, four miles away and park in some secluded place. And then we start getting more adventuresome and then, you know, would take a break and run out in her car and get it on, you know. Mm-hmm. And yep. unfortunately, the night watchman caught us. And I remember my mom going, there's something wrong with you. You know, we got to send you to counseling. I'm like, no, actually, you and dad ought to try this. It actually feels really <laughs> Never saw much affection between mom and dad. So, no, I mean, I, I think that's, you're completely right that we need to establish that it's normal. And um, part of sex education should be that not only is it normal, it should be celebrated. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, there's a safe way of doing it. So like the fact of the matter is you're going to do it. At some point, right? Like, Without so- a doubt. Put it this way. If you don't do it, it's only because you can't find anyone to do it with, okay? <laughs> the only way you're not going to is if you're so obnoxious or so unattractive that no one will actually <laughs> oh save you, okay? Yeah, I, it's just like I, 
I don't really understand it either. But I mean, that's fascinating too, just to know that you didn't come from, you know, this background of of sexual wellness and then, you know, you just kind of were thrown into. So I guess kind of like deviating from that there, like how how did the you started with the one the one product which was the um spray right the which nail is, spray and which it, is it's, it's kind of like viagra but not a pill right it's like a it's well external. it's a spray but it's not viagra gives you an erection if you're impotent and can't get an erection okay what our initial product that which is the promescent delay spray it allows men to last longer believe it or not premature ejaculation is a bigger problem than erectile dysfunction i believe that yeah in fact 15% of ED is misdiagnosed PE because mm. if a man has chronic PE, meaning he ejaculates too early on a regular basis, he will eventually develop stage yep. fright or yep. his psychological, he knows that getting an erection leads to an unsatisfactory conclusion. So he won't be able to get an erection. So it's very prevalent. And another fact that will amaze you is that this, well, let's step out of the realm of PE and talk about the average healthy male and the average healthy female. The average healthy male lasts five minutes of 40 to, and 42 seconds of penetration or thrusting during intercourse. The average female takes 18 minutes of thrusting to achieve climax. So Which is either, why you make sure that she orgasms once or twice before you even move on to penetration. Why is, you, this, why is this? Why do people not understand what this? What I tell people all the time. <laughs> is and one of the reasons we developed more products we developed a female arousal gel which helps the woman mm-hmm. you know lubricate and helps a woman get ready quicker we have these vitaflux products which increase yes. the veto of females and one of the things when i do podcasts and i do serious radio interviews i tell people men especially men who have a quick trigger i said put one in the bank before you get started they go what does that yeah. mean yeah I go, give your partner at least one orgasm mm-hmm. prior to yep. starting intercourse it can be orally, it can be digitally, it can be with a vibrator, whatever. But that lessens the anxiety. If you know your partner's already had at least one orgasm, then you don't have this feeling immediately upon entering a woman like, oh my God, I hope I can last long enough. Oh my God, I hope I can give her an orgasm. You know she's already had one. So that takes exactly. the level of anxiety down right off the bat and allows you to perform without so much angst and without so much anxiety. So I tell men, be more creative, be a better lover, you know, get your partner off orally, get your partner off with your fingers digitally, get your partner off with a vibrator, just get her off even prior to beginning, because the more orgasms your partner has and the more intense those orgasms are, the better she's going to treat you and the more focused she's going to be in making sure you're sexually satisfied. I literally gave this advice to a stranger on Reddit. A couple weeks ago, really? <laughs> yeah. Were you in the line at Whole in grocery line at Whole Foods, or you were? Well, no, I, was, I, I was on Reddit. Somebody like posted. I mean, that would not be beyond me to just like hear like part of a conversation and be like, "Have you heard of?" I mean, my Uber drivers either love me or hate me. You and I are twin brother and sister. <laughs> I swear to God. But see, I don't know now. Like people know what you do, and they'll come up to you in the most random situation and start asking you questions. You know. Oh, that's my dream. I'm so jealous that you actually have that. Oh, I get it all the time. <laughs> I go Amazing. to my health club. I live in a really nice area. We have this little private health club for all members. I go in there. Someone will come up to me and go, hey, I saw, you know, you had this new lube on your site. You know, my wife is kind of dry. And I'm like, really? That's kind of an awkward talk in between sets on the bench press here, you know? But hey, you know, I'm here to answer questions. 
And it's, it's fascinating to me how many people really want to talk about sex, but they want to do it in a comfortable setting. Yep. And I find that I have friends, couples, that the husband will talk to me, the wife will talk to me. They feel uncomfortable talking in front of to one another. Mm-hmm. I go, what am I, a therapist? Okay, yep. it's like, yep. I've yep. always just been open and I've always gone by the approach, talk to your partner, that communication is one of the most, if not the most important sexual tool in your little tool bag. Absolutely. But a lot of people don't believe that. I'm a bit of a voyeur to begin with, so this isn't too surprising, but I'm early on in a relationship, I always like my partner to masturbate for me. Dude, it's like such a good, like, if if you're going to be doing it, I like that too. It's like, show me how you like this to be done and like, teach me. Like, exactly. that can be hot. It well, can be hot. this for one second. Okay, you're right. Number one, it's incredibly hot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have to admit, I, it's educational, but the first thing is, it's freaking hot as hell. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> number two, men pretty much all like the same things, okay? The next time I hear one of my friends go, you know what I really don't like? I don't like being blown. I'll go, that'll be the first time I've ever heard that, okay? Most <laughs> men literally like majority of the same things. But as a man, as a single man, you could be with a woman and you're dating a woman. And she's like, I have a very sensitive clitoris. My ball yep. is extremely sensitive. I don't like direct touch, maybe light touch in the air. Okay, great. The next woman you date, she's like, okay. I don't have any sensitivity whatsoever. I need direct, direct, very vigorous stimulation. Get a jackhammer and put some sandpaper on the end of it and hit me right on the <laughs> You know, and I'm like, could this possibly be the same species, the same gender as this last person I dated? Okay. What oh, they okay. desire, what feels good to them is totally different. So I explained to them, because sometimes when you go, I want you to mess with it, they're like, what? I'm like, listen. Okay, I can fumble around the next two to three weeks and figure out what it is you like, or you can just show me and we can Mm -hmm. cut right to the chase because generally when people masturbate, they do exactly what feels the best to them, obviously. Yep. So it's going to be educational. I don't really throw out that I enjoy it and it's fucking hot as hell too. (laughs) Keep that to myself because I want to make them feel like I'm Gandhi feeding the poor. Oh, he's so sensitive. Look at him trying to educate himself. In reality, I'm like, oh, this is so hot. But you're like, this is selfish, but I'm glad that you think exactly. This is selfish, but I'm gonna wrap it in a selfless bow. You know what I mean? So that you think I'm doing this for your benefit. But it really is something that is part of getting to understand your partner, getting to understand your lover, and and getting quickly to the point where you know what she likes. Yep. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I would even say that, like, with guys, it's kind of different, too. Like, some guys like more um, pressure. Like, if you're using your hands, they want more action down at the base. That's where, oh, like, it absolutely. is. Or, like, some guys some guys just like the head, though. Like, yes. it's it's more up there. So it really depends. Like it, it, That's right. It does depend. But like I said, most guys, in fact, everyone I've ever known go, oh, I love being blown. But yeah, I've never met anybody. <laughs> that are, like, very uncomfortable with oral sex. Yeah. A lot of it has to do, they're like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm clean. I don't know if I yep. have smell. I don't know what I mean. mm-hmm. And some of them, I don't know if whether it's religious or just uptight. There are other women that go, I climax much better through oral sex than I do through intercourse. No, that's true. Only, um, I think it's like 25% of women can actually 
orgasm through penetration. Absolutely. So, again, it's important that you understand, you know, exactly what makes your woman tick. That's yep. why certain guys go, oh, this is my patented move. I'm like, really? Okay. It's not going to necessarily work. Yeah. It's going to not work on a certain amount of people. Why don't you have a patented move for each partner that you end up with over the course of your lifetime that, is, that is specifically designed to pleasure that person? Absolutely. Yeah. And then they can be like, hey, do that thing that you do. I like that thing. Yeah. You know that little trick you had? Bring that out of the uh, <laughs> toolbox. Fire that up. I guess that kind of makes me think, you know, not, I mean, let's put it on the record now. Vaginas, I think that a lot of women have been told very early in life that vaginas smell bad or blah, blah, and so that they're very aware of whatever it is. But vaginas, it's very, they're a self-cleaning mechanism uh, much of the time. And you are going to be able to, it's, it's. Most guys like the smell of a vagina. Like they're not going to complain about being down there. And if they don't, hopefully they'll like. Hopefully, if there's something like really wrong, you know, don't mention sick, it. Say hey, don't mention it. A miss here. I, you know, I've been single, like I said, my whole life, and I've, you know, dated pretty heavily. There's only been one instance in my life where I ever had a woman's vagina literally go up, uh, not going there. Exactly. It just, it's not. And the funny part was she was a nurse practitioner. She, so it wasn't ignorance. It was just, I think, body chemistry, you know? Yeah. No, sometimes that happens. It's just, uh, yeah, I think it's totally, uh, sometimes it just doesn't gel and go figure. But I guess like you do have though, I mean, I kind of want to get into like some of the products that, that the brand deals with. I know I thought it was really funny that, um, I took the quiz yesterday, just like out of curiosity, and uh, got two of the products that I like were my two favorite products. What so. are they? Which are they? <laughs> it's the uh, female arousal gel and the aloe lube. They're both great products. Yeah, the female arousal gel is really interesting. It's not a revolutionary product; it's an evolutionary product. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because it's emollients. And then it has kind of a licorice, kind of a, a, a warming mechanism. Sure, yep. So mm-hmm. what it does is it just warms the area where you apply it. So we tell women a little dab on the clitoris, yep. and, you know, lightly rub it into the vulva. So I do this podcast, these two swinger gals, and it's called Two Wild Orchids. So I've been on it like three times. So the last time on the show, the one, the younger one says to me, guess what I'm wearing? And I'm like, uh... I don't know, you have on a blue blazer and kind of a, <laughs> kind of a cream colored sweater. No, no. Guess what I'm wearing? Oh. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? She goes down below. And I go, well, I can't see you from the waist down. <laughs> and then I started laughing because the two of them were sitting by this desk. I said, knowing you, you probably have nothing on. She starts laughing. She goes, no. She goes, every morning now. She goes, I put a little dab of... Uh, women's arousal gel on i'm like mm. what and she goes yeah and she goes at lunchtime i go in and i maybe dab up again she goes it makes me feel by the time i get home like i've had foreplay for eight hours all day she goes because i feel tingly and i feel warm by the time i get home i just can't wait to jump on my partner i'm like oh my god i never thought about that you know 
That sounds and amazing. Yeah. It, it's an amazing product. A lot of people love that product because let's face it, that we just talked about how there's that arousal gap between men and women. Yep. You can use something to shorten that time frame and get you, you know, warm and wet sooner. Why not do that? Totally. Absolutely. Like they're only there to help. I mean, it, it's something that you can try. If you don't like it, we have a full 60 day, no questions asked, money back guarantee. So you can't have a lower risk proposition, you know? Absolutely. And it's a great product. It works for about 80% of people. But if you're in the 20% that it doesn't work for, then you don't have to use it, you know? Yeah, no problem. But it's been a successful product for us. And it's something that, you know, Emily Morris, Sex with Emily. Yes, yes, yes. I've been on her show like eight times. She loves us and she uses it and loves the product. And that really helped put us on the map. And it's it's one of those products that, you know, I said, well, there's probably a market for this, but I was shocked at how big the market is because we have a lot of men that buy it for their women. Oh, gentlemen. Yes. Oh. Well, one of the things we've done is we've tried to educate. You know, when you go to our site, I took some heat for this early on. People saw our website. They're like, are you a university educational site or are you trying to sell product? Because what everyone else does, they have a sales funnel. As soon as you go on, all they want to do is buy the product. What I want to do when you come to my site is I want you to buy the right product for the right reasons, and I want you to use it correctly. That way, you become a repeat customer and you're happy. Why would I want to have 100,000 people come to my site and 99,000 of them are disappointed and never come back? I'd rather have 10,000 people come to my site, all be happy, all become regular customers, and all tell their friends about us. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to our site, you'll see clinical trials, you'll see studies, you'll see physician testimonials. We you have an entire blog, too, which is just phenomenal. I loved that. That was one of oh, my our blog? On website. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. We have every topic under the sun. It's fantastic. Prostate <laughs> milking, pegging, edging, some of the stuff. I'm like, what's that? Okay, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what's, I completely agree. What is the point of giving these products if you're not instructing people how to use them and not only instructing in a physical sense, but instructing in an emotional sense? You want to set the expectations realistically. We yep. have people come on our site and we have this interactive chat feature and I'll go, I last 30 seconds. If I use your product, will I last 30 minutes? I'm like, no. Nobody's if you are lasting 10 minutes, then you might last 30 minutes. It's all a function of how long you last to begin with, how much improvement mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know? But you're not going to go from 30 seconds to 30 minutes, and we don't want people thinking that. Yeah. So yeah. part of our education is setting the expectations realistically. And, like, I'll just come out and say it. Like, my ideal amount of time for penetration is not 30 minutes. No. Like it's my ideal point. time for penetration is about 10 minutes. And I'd rather have like 45 minutes of like making out and foreplay before that. I tell people all the time, if you were lasting more than 10 or 15 minutes and you go, I need to last longer. No. You better look at your technique before you look at how long you're lasting. Because if you're doing something wrong, you can last an hour and a half and you're still <laughs> not going to pleasure your partner. And at a certain point you cross the line 
from pleasure to punishment. Okay. It's not punishing your partner. It's pleasuring your partner. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what can women, what can women do, um, to be, you know, more supportive of, I've, I've dealt with, uh, men who I guess usually most of the time it's what we call a whiskey dick. Um, but like I've dealt with that before and I like to think that I'm a, a pretty good partner who just, for me, like sex doesn't necessarily have to be about the end goal, right? Like it's about the connecting of experience. It's about, um, connecting with my partner and just having fun and feeling good. And feeling so feeling close, feeling yeah. that we've lost that. So many people now think sex is an Olympic event. Like you have I know. the judges are holding up 9.8, 9.7. Get out of that mindset and get in the mindset of, I want to experience something very pleasurable with someone I care for. And I think a lot of um, people, like, I think a lot of women take it personally too. If a guy, you know, isn't staying hard, they, they think that it's a reflection of them. And like, I just, I can't, like, I cannot stress enough how untrue that it's is. It's not true at all. Yeah. There's this thing out there that if a guy prematurely or rapidly ejaculates, or if a guy loses his erection, that means he's not into you. That's Trust false. me, there's nothing further from the truth. The guy wants nothing more than the worst way than to satisfy you. Yeah. In yeah. some cases, it's a physiological thing that he needs to seek help with a urologist or a therapist, you know, depending upon if it's mental or physical, and address it. And that's where we come into play. You know, we're in the protocol of 2,200 urologists who recommend us. We have a huge following in the medical community because we took time. We did it right. We use pharmaceutical grade ingredients. We manufacture under pharmaceutical grade manufacturing. And we put a lot of time and effort into clinical trials, clinical studies. We're trying to be a resource to people to allow them to have better intimacy not just slinging a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, these aren't gas station boner pills. You know what I mean? Yep. This stuff is science and it works, but it's important that you take the time to read why it works, to get realistic expectations, to optimize it and use it correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. Abs- I mean, I can, I, I always say that my goal of podcast, I'm like better orgasms, not necessarily more orga- orgasms, just like better orgasms, better communication. You don't even have orgasms. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that we've done really, really well with, we have a nitric oxide product. It's called Vitaflux for men and women. Mm-hmm. And let me give you a brief explanation of how that works and why it's so beneficial. And it has non-sexual benefits as well. So it's all about promoting blood flow. Obviously mm-hmm. you get more blood flow if you're a man you get better libido and you get higher quality erections. If you get more blood flow and you're a female, you get aroused quicker and you have more intense orgasms. Yep. Your clitoris does get bigger. It's a, it's a little, it's a little penis. It's it's exactly what it is. If you (laughs) actually took the uh, uh, clitoris out of the body, you look at it, it is like a penis. It's gigantic. All you see is the little end of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's a much bigger organ. So, what this product does, it's a combination of L-citrulline, L-arginine, and L-carnitine, three very naturally occurring amino acids along with magnesium and zinc. So it increases blood flow. One of the non-sexual benefits of increased blood flow is you recover better from soreness and workouts and everything else. That's how you recover, getting oxygenated rich blood into the area. Mm-hmm. So it promotes that, which is obviously very positive. In everybody's body, 
you have an epithelial layer covering every artery and every vein in your body. The epithelial layer, what it is meant to do is when you're young, it's very supple. So it keeps bad stuff out. It keeps out viruses, bacteria, that type of stuff, and allows vitamins, minerals, and hormones to flow in. So it's this protective sheath that keeps bad stuff out, allows good stuff in. When most people reach their mid-30s, the epithelial layer begins to harden. When it hardens, it gets even better at keeping bad stuff out, viruses and bacteria. Unfortunately, it gets better at keeping good stuff out. Your hormone absorption yeah. goes down. Your vitamins and minerals have a hard time absorbing. That's why a lot of men after mid-30s have every year a half a percent of body fat and they lose three quarters of a percent of muscle every year. Same thing with women. When women, their hormone absorption slows down, they lose the ability to naturally lubricate. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they have to use a lot more outside lubrication. And there's no shame in that. Let's establish that right now. None. But let me tell you a story that happened to me and just shows you how crazy this is. So Vitaflux softens the epithelial layer. Mm-hmm. So it allows better hormone absorption. It allows, uh, uh, you know, vitamins, minerals. And so you feel a higher degree of vitality. You feel better libido and women begin to moisturize again after having lost some of that ability to moisturize. So to put this into perspective, four years ago, I was dating a gal, I was 60 and she was 48. Mm-hmm. Now here I am rhapsodizing. I'm very well aware that this is what happens and this is what causes women to lose the ability to moisturize. So we've been dating for three years and she was actually starting to go through menopause and we would be intimate and I would reach down and I'd go, oh my God, she's dry. She must not be turned on. Oh my God, she's not desiring me. Nope. I do this for a living and I am <laughs> aware of what was happening. And it was still in my head that I wasn't, you know, attractive and I wasn't turning around. And I'm like, wait a second. I know like, better than that. Oh, and I'm still yeah. falling into that trap, you know? <laughs> and so this is right around the time we developed Vitaflux. She started taking it and she started to moisturize again. And so one day we were sitting there talking. She goes, Jeff, she goes, I got to tell you something. She goes, I love the product because of the libido enhancement. But more than anything, I love the fact that I've got my ability to naturally lubricate fat. And I go, yeah. And I told her, I said, listen, I felt so guilty. I remember at one point I started thinking, oh, you're not really turned on. She goes, let me tell you something. Even though I knew there was no difference, I was completely turned on. I was becoming self-conscious thinking you were thinking, you know what I mean? That my... And I go, doesn't that just show you that even though we're both, she was a nurse practitioner, we were both educated. We were both very aware of what was happening. It still played an effect, you know? Sex so, is so personal. It's so it personal. So it's important for women to, if they can, to naturally lubricate so that number one, they feel better about themselves. Sure. When they feel turned on, there's physical evidence of it so they don't have to feel like, oh my God, my partner thinks I'm not attracted to it. It's good for guys so they can feel like, oh my God, I'm turning my woman on, you know? Exactly. And it just feels unnatural when you have a tub of lubrication next to the bed. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> but when you're older, that's necessary at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's completely, I mean, I know that like, I, I had a partner once and I, uh, 
do you know just it wasn't happening and i suggested lube and uh he guffawed at me and just was like oh i'm not doing a good job and then you know we we tried the lube and he 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 never looked back (laughs) yeah exactly well you know what i find so many products like we have a lot of men who've actually confessed to us and written us letters and said i didn't really think i needed a male delay spray but, you know, I was on your side. I'm buying condoms. I'm buying lube. I'm buying Vitaflux. I go, well, I'll just buy some. You know, what the hell? And they go, even though I was lasting long enough for my partner, the last two to three minutes, I was walking on eggshells. Yeah. There's like a little guy on my shoulder going, no, not yet. Oh, my God. She has a climax yet. Uh, think about your grandma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm thinking about my grandmother naked. I'm thinking about you know, <laughs> soccer scores. I'm thinking about baseball statistics. Oh my God, she's going reverse cowgirl. I can't last in that position. Oh my God, you know? And they go, once I used it, I was like, this is just so relaxing. It takes one less, you know, anxiety point out of the equation. It allows me to relax. And I tell people, you know, having promescent, if you're a man, is like having fire insurance. You can go, I don't think I'm going to have a fire, Okay. I'm going to save the $40 a month and not get fire insurance for my house. You come home from dinner one night, your house is burning down. You can't call the insurance company and go, hey, yeah. I need to put some fire insurance on. They go, what is that? I smell burning in the background. Oh, it's my house. Exactly. So if all of a sudden you're with your partner and you're thrusting and you go, oh, my God, this is 30 seconds. I'm about to ejaculate. You can't go, let me run to the store and get some more. <laughs> a little late for that there, my man, you know? I want, I want a TV ad like that. I mean, they never run it, but that that's fan, that's a fantastic idea for a for an ad. Yeah, that is a good idea. <laughs> that is a great idea, right? I, I mean, take it and run with it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess really quickly before we wrap up, like, kind of just tell me a little bit about the other products you offer. You know, we've talked about uh, the vitamins. We've talked about the female arousal gel. We've talked about the spray. What what else? Do, what else do you got? we have these premature ejaculation wipes. Okay. They're not quite as effective as the spray, but sometimes people go, I'm going to a club tonight. You know, I'm going just to my girlfriend's for the evening. I don't want to carry a little, even though the bottle, the small one fits in the change pocket of your jeans. Sometimes people are just uncomfortable. We have these PE wipes where it's a, just a little like pouch that has a wipe in it. And those have been very, very successful. So we kind of tell people it's the home and away. You put the promescent spray on your bedside on your end table or your bathroom counter and then you have the little wipes that are you know portable when you're going somewhere we have massage oils that have been very successful we have condoms that have been very successful i don't really think those are next generation products they're not like i don't call them our foundational products those are great that you don't have to go after you go here it goes somewhere else the three core products that we have are well we're adding some fourth, but the, the three core products we have are the female arousal gel, the Vita Flux, and the delay spray. They are clearly the best of breed. They are clearly cut above anything else out there, and they are great. Now, if you want to get lubes, and our organic aloe vera lube is superb. It really is good. But I'd be amiss to tell you that there weren't a lot of good lubes out there. There really are. You know, we have one of the best, but it's not clearly head and shoulders. Like our other products are the best out there. <laughs> they're they're good we added a line of vibrators and oh my god they took off immediately we've tried to educate a lot of men because we have a lot of men in our you know our database that listen 
It doesn't mean that there's something lacking. It doesn't mean that you're missing something if you incorporate a vibrator into your love life. In fact, it means that you're sensitive to your partner's needs yep. and you want her to have as many orgasms. So we've been extremely successful with our vibrators and cock rings and stuff like that. They've been very, very successful. That will soon, I believe, be our fourth breakthrough product. That business is mushrooming. Oh my gosh. You're doing, doing the Lord's work. I remember the first time that a guy suggested bringing a vibrator and I, I almost cried. I was so happy. <laughs> I have, I think in my room, I call it my combination bedroom laboratory. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I have 30 vibrators now because when we were out there evaluating. Everyone goes here, try this line, try that line. I'm like, okay, send it over. When I was, uh, 51, 13 years ago, I bought a Sibian machine. Are you familiar with a Sibian machine? No. You've never seen a Sibian machine? I mean, maybe I've seen it, but I don't know what it's called. It looks like a saddle. It's okay, a, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and you have a remote control. And I had a gal that I had started dating. And we first started dating it was like the second date and we hadn't been intimate yet and we we're making out. She goes, I'm not ready yet. And whatever. And I go, when's the last time you're intimate? She goes like a year and a half ago. I'm like, you must have the most awesome array of power tools known to mankind. She started laughing. <laughs> she goes, I have a sippy machine. I'm like, what's that? She goes, it's one of those things they have on Howard Stern. I go, I don't listen or I don't watch Howard Stern. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she goes, if you're a good boy, you know, and we, you know, progress and, I'll allow you to, you know, use the Sibian machine on me. And I'm like, okay, great. I went home and Googled it. I'm like, I'm going to be a very good boy. Like, okay, absolutely. Like, Best. I want to make sure I learn, earn enough points to get in there with the Sibian, you know? And uh, it was, you know, there's a lot of women that literally joke that once they get a Sibian machine, they don't need a boyfriend anymore. Sure. Because it allows you to literally control what, first of all, it comes with a bunch of attachments what girth, what size, whatever attachment, you can make it go side to side, up and down, faster, slower, you control everything. It literally is like playing a video game. Hey, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> crazy. Now, I've never done this, but they're expensive. They cost like $3,000. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And if you have one, you can put your address and all your contact info online, and women will buy an attachment who can't afford a Sibian. And they'll come over and allow you to, you know, they'll come over your house. And if you let them use it, they'll let you watch them. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know if I want a stranger coming into my house. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. That's insane. I mean, I, I, that's fantastic, but that's insane. It's yeah, insane. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But No, I mean, I'm like, I should have got that when I was 25. I might have been a lot more up. You know what I mean? At 64, that would be creepy. Okay, you mean grandpa's going to watch me over here? Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. You know, you've been, you've been an absolute hoot. Thank you so much. I mean, tell everybody where they can find you, where where they can follow you, where they can. I mean, I already mentioned, I shouted We're out to all you. over the place, but here's what I tell people. Always start at our website for this reason. That's where you find the educational materials. That's where you find the tutorials, the blogs, the doctor testimonials, the videos on how to use the product, the clinical trials. So it's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T, Promescent, www.promescent.com. Start there. Okay? okay, that's the most important thing. If you decide to buy it there, it's free shipping. We ship seven days a week. 
we really and truly have tried to create like an an Amazon-like experience. We have a full money-back guarantee. We ship seven days a week. There's no charge for shipping. So it's very easy. If you want to get it that day, we're available at Target. We're available at certain uh, GNC stores. We're available at certain Walmart stores. We're obviously on Amazon. We're on eBay. So there's a number of places where you can get the product. But start at the website so that you will buy the right product for the right reason and you'll use it correctly. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's been a blast. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. (laughs) No, believe me. Good podcast. I always say this to people. I get off and I forget it was a podcast. I just feel like I'm talking to a friend, (laughs) you know, and that's exactly how I feel. Oh, good. That's my goal. Oh, yeah, this was a podcast. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, people are going to listen to this, right? Let me tell you, I always encourage people to follow me because if you send me a message, you send me an email, you send me a thing through Twitter, I answer every single question reply that you send me. So my Twitter is JeffAbraham111, J-E-F-F-A-B-R-A-H-A-M. My Instagram is JeffAbraham111. If you look on Facebook, it's just JeffAbraham. So any one of those, my email address is jeff.abraham at promescent.com. I encourage people, if they have questions, if they have comments, reach out to me directly. Amazing. Fantastic customer service. (laughs) It's, you know, I retired once. I came out of retirement to run this company. So obviously I was already set for life. I don't need this. You know, I'm doing this because I want to do this, that I really feel to a certain degree we're doing God's work. There's too many people that keep people repressed, that they really inhibit people's sexuality and exploration and growth. And that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. No one should have a right to decide how someone else uses their body, what type of pleasure they have. As long as it's between a consenting adult or as long as you're by yourself, there should be nothing off limits or nothing taboo. We're all about intimacy. When you look at our website, when you look at everything, It's not about anything other than our logo, our tagline is better in bed. We want you to have better intimacy, higher degree of intimacy with you and your partner. We tell people, put the focus on your partner. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. We compete with products that are named Do Me Long and Hard, Stun 100. You know, I'm like, really? Could you be any less class? You know, yeah. this testosterone, knuckle dragging, caveman kind of a thing, you know? We compete with gas station boner pills that are laced with, you know, Sidenafil, which is Viagra, which is highly dangerous. We are pharmaceutical grade ingredients in a pharmaceutical manufacturing facility with clinical trials. This company and these products were developed through science and they work and we're proud of them and we stand behind them. Yeah. Amazing. And I, I'm, you've sold me, so (laughs) I'll be a customer for life now too. I, I appreciate it. And we forge relationships. If we do podcasts and everything, this isn't, this is the beginning, you know, we'll be in yeah. touch and, you know, you have special promos, you want to do stuff, you know, you ever, you know, have any, you know, requests, just let us know. We, we believe in supporting those who help us reach, you know, people, because if we do an ad roll, if we do, you know, one of these digital ads, people go, Oh, another one of those companies. It's through venues like this we have a chance to explain who we are and what we do that make us successful. Yeah, absolutely. And personality can make all the difference. Makes all the difference. Passion. Mm-hmm. People go, whoa, 
that guy truly believes in this. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, I I would love to to get you back on again to talk about some other stuff. Why not, right? There's <laughs> some things coming down the pike. Believe me, you'll be right. amazed and uh, on all fronts. And we will stay in touch. Sounds and good. I promise you this is the beginning of a mutually beneficial, long-lasting relationship. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> All right. And listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Wine, Dine, and 69. I'm your host, Rachel Dalton, and let's keep talking. Mm-hmm.